Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan is going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hello, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Burnout. I'm actually doing this from the bowels of Capital One Arena right now. So if you hear that sound in the background, it's not some sort of bird. It's a forklift putting the tables away from the draft party. I've got Osmond Begg here. Oz and I are going to talk a little bit about Johnny Davis being the newest Washington Wizard. First, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL Hockey Conference finals, Major League Baseball, latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, I got Oz joining me here now. Oz, Johnny Davis is the newest Washington Wizard. Uh, I'll let you start even higher on Davis than I have for the most part. What do you think of the pick? Yeah, look, everyone knows on Twitter who follows me knows that I've been kind of on the Johnny Davis train. I think I want to be clear about a couple of things. John Davis, to me, I think is a very solid pick where they picked that 10. I would not have moved up for Johnny Davis. I would not have moved future assets for him. I think he is going to be a good player. I don't think when you kind of like look at it in the realm, I know what, what we talk about a lot is, was it a single? Was it a double? Was it a home run? I think our last three first round picks were very safe, um, kind of one-way type players. Uh, Denny, Denny Avdia is one way defensive. Kispert and Rui are one way offensive. John Davis, to me, automatically is a level above them because he could project both offensively and defensively. We've complained for years that our guards die on screens. He does not die on screens. He competes defensively. He drives to the basket. He can shoot off both. He shoot with both hands at the at the rim. I think he's a better athlete, more and quicker than giving credit for the the swing skill is going to be his shooting. I think everyone knows he could shoot from the mid range. Can he extend that out to the three point line? Um, and was the shooting percentage going down a result of usage, teammates, everyone collapsing on him or, or what have you? If the shooting is there, he could be a triple. If the shooting is kind of iffy, he could still be a double. But I think because he could contribute on both ends of the floor, he is already, to me, better than any of the three first-round first picks we've taken in the past three years. Um, that said, there were a couple of things in the draft. I was like, when, when Dyson Daniels was slipping, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I was like, Hey, this move, is, trade up. This is right. This is the perfect fit. This is Windhorse was uh, Brian Windhorse was talking about. Hey, maybe like the Wizards take on the Devontae Graham contract and move up to eight. But New Orleans maybe wasn't thinking that Dyson would be there when that happened. So those are the kind of things that I was thinking when that happened. And obviously, I wanted them to trade up to number uh, trade up to number four and get Jaden Ivey. But uh, I'm guessing the asking price was too high. So 
I'm happy with what they got at 10. I'm still generally not pleased with the overall direction. I, I, I still don't understand. They have, you know, uh, we don't have to jump into this yet, but you have so many, so much redundancy at the four. You have on top of, uh, on top of Beal and Porzingis, you have Kyle Kuzma and Caldwell Pope are going to be free agents in a year. You still don't have really a true three. You still don't have a true one. You have all, what, what's the plan there? So I'm still, while I like Johnny Davis, I'm still concerned about those things. I'm not breaking the sanctity of the media room here by saying this, but when, when he got picked, it was very flat in the room and everyone just kind of went, yeah, that sounds about right. That was like, <laughs> that was probably the most wizards option that could have been taken. And, and not yeah, in a bad way. Like no one was really down on the pick. It was just sort of like a, yeah, that, that sounds about right. The math checks out there. It's one of those where it's, it's, it just projected really easily. Every mock pretty much had Johnny Davis. I think in some of our more recent mocks, I've kind of made it a point not to pick him at Washington because it was becoming so redundant. So right. you can't do it every time. Like Mark Williams going to Charlotte, except, Oh wait, that yeah. happened. And I do Jaylen want to look Durant. back. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to look back at our first mock with, with Damo. I think we nailed a lot of these picks. We had, so hand of the Spurs, we had Johnny Davis on the Wizards. I got to go back and look at that one. We got worse um, as like smokescreen season kind of <laughs> took over. <laughs> I think we began to overthink it also. Um, so it's, it was mocked so much that it, it wasn't really a surprise. And because there was no surprise, there was no trade up. There was nothing else. You can see the lot. I mean, obviously there was a lack of buzz. And even on Twitter, there was like, oh, they took Johnny Davis, what everyone predicted. And anytime they do what, what they predict and don't do anything out of the box, they're going to be criticized. And, I mean, people have every right and a right to do that. You know who did like the pick? Who liked it? Tommy Shepard. I just walked by him in the tunnel coming out to the court to record this, and he had a big old grin on his face. And I said, hey, congratulations on the pick. And he goes, yeah, we got better or something like that. And I said, well, great job. And he said, oh, we're not done yet. We're still working. I was like, okay, that's what we'd like to hear. Next moves, baby. Uh, Well, I hope that the GM liked the pick. It's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would it's, be a bad sign. I, 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 yes, agreed. But it's interesting because, like, I've mentioned this anecdote on the podcast before too. But I saw him stand around Rui's rookie season at an early game, and he was we were just sitting there signing autographs for a bunch of fans and cheesing for pictures. And Tommy was like a proud pop up, just like watching him, and you could just like tell like this was clearly my guy. I really liked this yeah. guy. It wasn't just like the dude we ended up with. And, and I'm not. It sounds like Denny was. Uh, a favorite of theirs. Chase mentioned on this podcast, Chase Hughes, that they had tried to trade up for Denny. So they clearly liked him, but I don't remember the same look after the Kispert pick as I just saw. Like he had the the same Rui look on his face just now. Like he was, he was feeling himself a little bit, which good for you. If that's your guy, you know, and you get him. If you believe in him, sure. you're going to do it. You know, the I think thing- it's also with Denny, like they, they like the talent. Who knows how much one-on-one interaction they right. had with him leading into the draft. Um, the surprising thing with Johnny Davis, well, I wouldn't say really surprising. They brought him in. I think he was the first big name to come in for a workout, right? Uh, he was the first one that was reported as of the interview. They did the quote first about, we're going to find a diamond in the rough. And then they announced the Big Ten Player <laughs> of the Year like 25 minutes later. Um, it's just so it is a little funny. I didn't, you know, when that happened, I was like, they're bringing him in early. Are they doing this for show to kind of right. get someone to take him in front of them? But maybe by doing it that early, this was kind of like that was their bluff. They're saying, they're like, we'll just make it obvious, and people people will overthink it at the end. Because I'll be honest, when it got to the it got to their time on the clock, I thought the pick was going to be AJ Griffin. 
I think that was where the momentum was today. I, I, and I tweeted the exact same thing. And, and that's kind of what yeah. I think a lot of folks were, were kind of thinking. Um, they, they liked Duarte the other year too. And mm-hmm. Dave, Davis seems very similar to that to me. Like obviously Duarte was older, but like a little bit of a combo guard who can play some three in some formations. He could also be a little bit more on ball, but look at an established veteran savvy guy. Now Dave Davis is, is younger, obviously again, yeah. but he's a sophomore, but he's got that vibe about him. Like he carries himself as sort of an older, mature player and hearing him in post game, like we just came out of the, the room hearing his commentary. And it was a lot of like, he was just kind of all business. Like Denny yeah. was like cheesing when he got picked and he had all the wine bottles behind him and he looked really cool. Like Davis <laughs> was just like, it was very like meat and potatoes answers of just like, yes, I'm ready to work. Yes. I grew What's up funny? wanting to defend people. I want to shut people's water off, which I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> What's funny to me is also when I was watching the Davis, the highlights of his video, of his workout, the B-roll that comes out, it did remind me of the Duarte, Duarte workout, kind of the footage that came out of there. Now, Chris Duarte is, like you said, is older, better shooter. I think what you have is Johnny Davis, but like similar combo guardish. But I think whereas Chris Duarte projects as a better shooter, Johnny Davis projects, I think, as a much better defender. And, Dave, and, and Duarte uh, didn't start out as like a knockdown shooter either. He was also like 41 years old, so he had time right, to work that jumper out too. <laughs> he worked, yeah, he's worked his way into it. So I did see that. I And that's kind of why I think one of the things when I first started watching Davis closely in the middle of the season, like, hey, this guy, you know, kind of does, like that is a comp that came to me, except just obviously younger, better ball handler, just not the shooter. But I got, yeah, those vibes make a lot of sense to me. I had heard sort of um, anecdotally that he did not shoot very well in his workout with Wizards. And, uh, you know, that they've been very true to form with saying that they are not concerned with with shooting. It's something they think they can fix. Uh, fix. Antoine Jameson talked mm-hmm. about how he himself could not shoot out of college and ended up a good shooter. And they were concerned about guys that could produce on the court. They wanted to see production. And nobody this year was really much more productive than, than Johnny Davis. You could maybe say like Keegan Murray and he was already off the board. So Davis was kind of true to form with a lot of the things that they said they were looking for. And I did hear that while he didn't kill it from a shooting perspective in the workout, that he was like one of the few people to survive their very grueling conditioning test and almost (laughs) seemed to kind of like it. So that came up in the press conference too, that they liked that he was willing to like, enjoy the pain it took you know to get better and fitter and all that stuff so i I think they love that kind of like old school basketball shit of like oh he'd run through a wall (laughs) any 2023 graphics we're listening to this if you like if you finish their workout they will they will love you and they may hey the other thing just drop a play you know drop a play and that's it that's all you got to do you're gonna get picked in the lottery (laughs) you know i was trying not to like i was stifling laughter as he brought up wes until jr brought up that johnny davis drew up plays for him and i thought he was saying more like he was talking about where he would fit on the court in a play defensively too like how he would defend certain plays even so i think there was like that's the next level yeah there was a double boner there right exactly yeah that's why troy Troy only went 15 right he was drawing up just an offensive play no, no. Johnny Davis was like, no, this is what I'm going to do off ball when we're trying to stop someone. Like, you know, we're trying to stop Jason Tatum when he's matched up against Denny Avia and the defense collapses. And there's a, someone has like Rui has a breakdown on defense, which is bound to happen. Here's what I'm going to do to kind of fix and save the play over here. And, and they, Wes is probably just like falling over it. <laughs> they asked Davis about it directly. And he was like, yeah, I don't know if any of those plays would work in the NBA, but I guess coach liked it. And yeah, and it was just, 
<laughs> it's kind of funny. Like we're we're way more enamored with his ability to draw plays up than literally anyone else would ever be. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, the, the one thing I want to ask you about here, too, and, and the one thing I think I've been pretty consistent about with mentioning Davis is I actually lowered him on my rankings because I said, like, if you're drafting him to be a, a 2-3 that's not as valuable to me because he's six foot five. But mm-hmm. if you think he can play on ball, that would significantly boost him up my rankings. And I did point out like a lot, I think I'm trying to be fair to the guy that he threw some like really special passes this year, like really, really yeah. special, like cross court, full sprint, left-handed, you know, live dribble passing to guys like shooters in the corner. And now they didn't always result in assists because as he pointed out, his teammates were not necessarily at this point in time NBA caliber. Prospects. I was going to ask you, how did that come off? Because it's it looks bad. I know. Did, he, did it come off that way? <laughs> this is the problem with Twitter, and I hope the more responsible journalists here like tweeted out and Charlie framed it better than I did. But mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he just said like, "Look, currently the guy I wasn't playing at Duke, where all of my guys are lottery picks. I I was playing with like teams where like I had to do different things based on the people around me. And it wasn't like to shit on them, but you know, 25 year old, 60 year senior Brad Davison is never going to play in the NBA. So it's right. Um, it's it's, truth it's, it's it. fair. And he, it's, it's fair. And he probably was asked about it at every interview. And yeah, exactly. Just, it, right. it came off as just like genuine matter of fact, like, look, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but and again, he said it delicately enough, so I, I didn't take it the wrong way. But I do, I do respect the honesty. Like, hey, I couldn't get guys certain balls in certain spots that I think I'll be able to in the NBA. Yeah. And, and they asked him if he could play point guard. And he said, well, I think I can bring the ball up. I think I can initiate the offense and, and get the play started. So it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come in and be Chris Paul. But it, it's if you look at like, you know, what the Celtics did, but he do what a Marcus Smart did for them. And that was a comp you and I had talked about a couple episodes ago. It's just like, can you start the play? Can you defend at a high level? Can you make enough shots? Can you attack closeouts? Can you slash a little bit and kick out the people? So I think he he, he can do those. It's a comp that makes sense based on, like, if you compare the sophomore seasons, there, you know, there are some similarities there. There's, and Marcus Smart did not come out as the greatest shooter and still isn't the greatest shooter, but he's made himself a serviceable shooter. So it's a comp that makes sense. If Johnny Davis is as competitively as Marcus Smart is defensively, that'll, it'll be a fantastic pick. Um, like you said, and I, we talked this, talked about this relative to Jalen uh, Williams also. If he's a point guard, and similarly, if you're going to use Johnny Davis kind of in a we, – we, we talked about it last year, the whole point deal thing. If that is kind of what they're envisioning, having six three Beal next to six six Johnny Davis, not in a non with in a non point guard lineup, kind of them just both bringing it up the core of the floor, that's pretty interesting, and I think it increases his value to me. If you just are only putting him in the shooting guard or try to like squeeze him at the three box, like you said, yeah, it's just not as interesting. But if he could become a, a three to four assist guy, play defense score 15 to 17 points a game. That's, that's a good player. 
And the other thing, kind of his his assist, like when when they when Adrian Wojnarowski said point guard Johnny Davis in his tweet, people were like, hey, you know, he's not a point guard. Hey, you got the position wrong. Okay. Woj tweeted that for a reason because he was fed that That's he is a exactly point guard. Exactly right. And it's the first thing Tommy Shepard said when he came out. Exactly. Like our future point guard. So if you're tweeting Woj and Rouse, you're saying, no, he's not a point guard. No, actually, that's how they are viewing him. And he is basically telling you. Not it's yet. Like he's when not, someone, baby. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah, not yet. But that's what they're envisioning him as. So Woj and Rouse doesn't need corrections to his tweet. <laughs> Yeah, he, but at the same time, so it, it, it was intentional that it said point guard, and I think that needs to be accounted for. It was definitely intentionally laid out that way. Now, do I think he's going to start at the point guard? No. I think they'll bring in someone with the MLE or still do a trade so that they don't put too much pressure on him right away, but I think they do intend for him to play a lot in his rookie season. And when he was asked about it, he was also very quick to point out, well, I did play the three mostly this year, so there's going to be you know, <laughs> some learning curve there. So I, I like managing expectations. And right. uh, after Tommy kind of like did the ice to selling ice to an Eskimo thing and like got me sold on maybe he could play like point guard early on, Wes Unseld immediately came in and they asked him if he could play point guard. And he was like, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, to, <laughs> we'll have to see about that. But he will defend from day one. And then what, he, he did coach speak about his defense. And you know, that was fine. What it might be is he may guard the point guard. Yeah, exactly. And, and, allow Beal to bring it up and take a little take load off on on defense kind of already does but yeah on the defensive end kind of uh guard the less threatening guard on the other team and when Beal and also in some situations he'll just bring the ball up before I can see it happening so there are things that he will um that I think he'll do to kind of fit that role but yeah he's not going to be a traditional point guard but also like I think one of the other criticisms that I saw was hey he had he averaged more turnovers than assists the assist numbers were low, probably in part to uh, in part to what Johnny Davis pointed out. But also, instead of just saying that, say what the actual number is. It was 2.3, 2.3 turnovers in thirty four minutes on thirty two and a half percent usage. Right. Yeah. He's which got the is ball not, an insane amount of time, and that is not a turnover issue. <laughs> right. And in both he and Tommy Shepard pointed to like he hit the ball so much he did get stuck with it like late in shot clocks when things broke down. They more attribute that to like low earth and they would like shooting percentages, but that applies to turnovers too. Like you force right. something late in the shot clock or, or whatever, you know, you're throwing a grenade to somebody else, even it's, it's your turnover. So, you know, it, I, I'm trying like really hard to sell myself on being excited about this. And, and like Tommy almost had me convinced, you know, like I was almost <laughs> fully on board. I'm, I'm cool with it. I want to root for the guy. I want to like him. Again, the vibe was very like I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm, I'm like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to work. I think he will do that. I think he fits with the rest of the culture here. But to your point about like organizational direction, one of the first things Tommy said too was about improving the team by adding to the depth. They they want to be good by having ten really solid guys, and eventually, depth is great. But you also have to have three really good guys to go with that depth. And, and right now exactly. they have one. They have one and a half. And it's what we talked about last season. When when do they look their best? They look their best post deadline when they find. Well, actually, sorry, they look their best at the ten and three start. But it wasn't really offense. It was just defense at that point. The next time they looked good on the court was when they made some consolidation moves at the trade deadline. And then you had less people in the way, more people in more de- in, in defined roles. 
what he is heading towards is another season of undefined roles, unhappy players. You know, like it, it's just like, if you move Caldwell Pope off the three, for example, is he going to be happy coming off the bench in his contract year? No. Is Denny going to be happy in year three if he's only playing 15 or 20 minutes a game behind Kuzma and Kispert and who are the, the you know, plenty of like forwards that they have on the team? So it's depth is nice. It's nice to say that thing, but like they have, and I think Kevin Broom pointed this out, they have a lot of players who are sixth through ninth men. At some point, you need who is your all think that they're three three through five men. Exactly. Like it's where it's like we're living. We're going to go through the same thing. And that's why, while I like to pick, while I think Johnny Davis is a good player and I'm excited to see him play, I'm still not excited about the organizational direction and what they're doing. You've got Denny Avdia chirping at Bertans when Bertans screw something up in in Avdia's mind. You know, like he's not afraid to sort of his frustrations with things so if you mm-hmm. if he's the odd man out in rotation uh, you know i'd be very curious to know how he actually feels about that and and what he what he was willing to voice to people too because like i think you could do this depth super depth thing if you want if you have the right guy and they're clearly targeting a certain kind of guy it's are all those guys going to stay that kind of guy when they've got millions of dollars and millions more are eventually on the line i'm not saying they won't mm-hmm. but it's now on, it's a heavy burden on a second year coach to now have to juggle another year's worth of sort of tougher egos. And, and it didn't go particularly well last year. So hopefully, I don't know, but like, look at, look at people like Memphis. They've built that roster with a lot of just like gritty, tough guys that are going to play hard all year that even when they're superstars out, they're going to beat you because they compete. And I think that's clearly the model we're trying to go for. It's just we're not as good at drafting mm-hmm. those guys as they are. And, yeah. and we haven't hit on one yet. Maybe Davis turns into our Desmond Bain, and then this right. is all sort of moot. But for right now, we're following a model that we're not doing quite as well as the, them. And you know, the funny thing is what, what I think Memphis does, and we have to see this come to fruition, what my guess as to what they're doing is they're drafting players and acquiring players so that they don't necessarily have to pay and keep everyone. So like they're the, re- you know, the replacement they have, fresh blood kind of thing. Right. So they could kind of evaluate and they can pick and choose who they want to keep. So you have a Dylan Brooks, but are that you know, you have Laravia now. You have you have kind of in-house replace you have Zaire Williams from last year, um, kind of in-house replacements kind of coming in, getting more playing time. Um you have now they got David Roddy, didn't they? They did they got David, David Roddy. Roddy. Yeah. Kevin, David Kevin Roddy, Brooms, also, David Roddy. Yes. Um, which we said awkward body is going to go to Memphis. Remember we said awkward, like, yeah, exactly. So like, who's he going to push out? And that's how they kind of do it. They're like, we don't like that. They're not going to pay everyone. I like, I wouldn't be shocked if like a Brandon Clark is not on Memphis in a year, if uh, Dylan Brooks is not on Memphis in a year. And these guys just slide in and are very productive replacements. And that's how they view it. They kind of clean it up by, I think they're going to clean it up, move people out, have the replacements in hand. Are we going to have young players behind Kuzma but pay Kuzma? And that's fine if you want to pay Kuzma, but then get rid of those young players. You know, so yeah. do something with it, consolidate somewhere. And I'll, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, that, that organizationally, it's like I like the pick, but organizationally still frustrated. Yeah, the, there's, there's going to have to be some like moves here that make the vision a little more apparent. Like it's, it's starting to come together. Like, I think I see enough trends and consistency here where like, I get what he's trying to do. 
Mm-hmm. I actually think this team will be better, despite all the sort of mostly snarky tweets I put out about the team. I, I think they will be a better team next year. Like, I actually think the trio they have will work. I, I'm not as worried about the point guard thing. They'll get somebody decent enough. Right. Honestly, even if it's ish playing a decent amount of minutes, it's not the worst thing in the world if you put them around four good guys, which I think they can have a reasonable facsimile of doing. I mean, they even had like KCP bringing the ball up at the end of the year when they went on that little winning streak. It's just not that big of a deal unless you have a special, special creator. And they're not going to get that anyway. So I'd rather us not sell the farm. And you and I are on the same page here about backup point guards as starters or or even as other backup point guards if the price is too steep. So that's fine. Can you get Jordan Goodwin to eat up a couple minutes here or there for the team next year or God forbid, Cassius Winston. Sorry, Michigan State fans. Or, or but... even now, like a day, no, no, sorry, a Delon Wright makes sense now. Yeah, no, yeah, he's the he's probably the number one name on the list, or Tyus, right. or somebody. Or... Because you've added size with Johnny Davis in the backcourt, you add more size if you get a Delon Wright. Now you have a Delon Wright, Johnny Davis, Bradley Beal, just three man rotation yeah. could actually work pretty well in the backcourt. Um, <laughs> For those who don't know, what Matt and I are referring to is is my my shots at Monte Morris this morning and other other other. Sorry, Monte Hive. I didn't realize his whole family must live I, in DC. Yes, I um, you know, uh, it, it, there were a lot of people who kind of saw this saw it out the way I saw it, but you know, it did touch a nerve with a few. And look, I just. <laughs> I just don't. I don't agree with the evaluation. They won interchangeable. It's just my opinion. You know, it's just my yeah. opinion. <laughs> right, and and to be fair, I don't know that he necessarily fits with what I think they're where they're trying to go. To me, it's like you said. You've got Beal. Maybe you get a uh, Dylan Wright. Maybe you get um, you've got John Davis. Now you've got KCP. Those could be your four guards that you have some interchangeable combo of. Mm-hmm. Some of them play the three here or there. And then maybe you project that Rui or Denny or whatever can start to play more three over time. And I don't know. And if, if all of a sudden your lineup is some combo of uh, Brad, Johnny Davis, Rui, Kuzma, Porzingis, I mean, you start to get some, get some options and some flexibility. Can you play Gafford and him together? I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to add a bigger body here with this later pick. And, and to be honest with you, I also would not be surprised to see us trade somewhere into the second round here just to get another guy a little higher up or use 54 or 56, whatever we're calling it, depending on the two missing picks there and try to hop up to 45 or whatever. I will also fully admit. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was, I would also fully admit that I have not been able to watch much of this draft between the different media sessions. So (laughs) I don't even know what pick we're on as we're recording this. They could have already been through the forties. I don't actually know. So if it's uh, if someone's hearing this later and like, no, all those guys are already gone or someone's traded, please forgive me. I could catch up on a couple quick things. Ty Ty just went 29, okay. I think, to on by Memphis. He's going to Minnesota. Another one. We we didn't get the pick, the pick number right, but we did that in our first draft. Um, Peyton Watson rounded out the first round. But just Peyton like Watson. in terms of wow. so two positions that I'm watching with this pick are point guard. Mm-hmm. with our next pick or if we trade back in as you mentioned uh point guard and, and center okay the point guard you still have kennedy chandler and you still have andrew nembhard those are two guys each team needs a third young point guard like we don't have that third young point guard unless they view cassius winston as that and based on the fact that cassius winston was a four-year guy in college and two years in the on a two-way and still was barely seen the court i don't see that 
So I think either one of those two could be interesting. Alonis so Williams. Did you just say that Ty Ty went 29th? Yes. Okay. So this is cementing my case for Matt Moderno, assistant NBA general manager. 29th on the Matt Moderno big board is Ty Ty Washington. Uh, and and I've had like a couple other like really you need, close yeah, you need near misses here tonight. Uh, take a bow. Take a bow. I'm, you know, I'm, th- th- I'm, I'm feeling good right now. I'm like feeling myself should. a little bit. I feel like Tommy when I saw him walking out of the tunnel here. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, just just saying. At Usman Jang twice at, er, at 10th and he went 11. Jalen Williams 12. He went 12. Mark Williams 17. He went 15. AJ Griffin, I had 18. He went 16. Tari had 19. He went 17. Laravia had 20. He went 19. So I'm just yeah dusting my shoulders I mean, off you're right here there. a little bit. You, should, you need to. Yeah. All right, so the at center, I'm going to ask you kind of if you like any of these names. We have Khalifa Diop. We have Jalen Williams. Um, Jalen Williams is new Mo Wagner. He is the next charge king of the NBA. The guy <laughs> literally just falls down if you look at him. Trevion Williams, Kobe Cockburn, Orlando Robinson, Marcus Bingham Jr. So, so Trevion's interesting. He's like a little undersized, but he's super athletic. He's really smart. He's like a really good like post passer from high post, low post, wherever you want him. Coburn's interesting. He's the biggest human probably left in the draft, but he's very, very slow. I don't see him probably getting drafted, but to me, if you can get him on a two-way and audition him with mm-hmm. Gogo, he could be your new uh, Angie's Pasha Sneaks um, long-term. Nemhart just went to Indiana. I have no idea if Indiana owns that pick, but he just went. Um, oh, one other thing that one other name I had to point out to you, I have not seen is Josh Minot anywhere. Am I, am I saying his name right? Why not? Why not? Why not? I have not seen Josh Minot anywhere. So always a good opportunity to take a shot at John Hollinger. You know? I think we need to properly introduce him from now on the show as ex general manager, John <laughs> Hollinger. And there is a reason for that X. He was Just, what? Number 10 on his board. And on his board, and Johnny Davis was 29. So yeah. suck on that, Hollinger. We flip flopped you. <laughs> this will just be the anti John Hollinger podcast eventually. Yep. He had as the player that he thought we should have taken, just as an FYI, uh, Blake Wesley. Oh, okay. Well, that's not horrendous, I guess. I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm okay with what we took based on who was there. I actually think I prefer Davis to AJ Griffin and. I'll feel really stupid when AJ Griffin looks like Paul George in like three years. But uh, for right now, I think he's going to play hard. He seems healthy. He's going to defend. I think he'll bring like sort of the right presence to the locker room. And, uh, you know, just sometimes that's, that's important enough stuff. Uh, Not to do like the lip service coach speak, but there's a reason these guys can save, like continue to save face while talking about his toughness. It's because it's true. The guy is an MFR. And I always yeah. say we need MFers. So, you know. The only, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought over there. Uh, ah, I apologize. I had lost my train of thought with where I was going with that one. Um, so final, sorry. Final for thoughts here, Oz. We'll let everybody get some actual sleep. Uh, yeah. are, are you happy with the pick? I'm happy with the pick. I, I am happy with who they took at the pick they were at. I wish they swung big and did try to trade up for either Dyson or Jaden Ivey. So if that makes sense, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. If, um, you're, if you're going to be safe, you might as well at least do safe. Well. Yeah. Based on their inability to move up. Yeah. Uh, like, yes, happy, but 
I want to know what the cost was to move up, why they chose not to. And, and yeah, based, the, again, they still need their kind of home run swing and that hasn't happened yet. You know, like I, I think John Davis could be a triple. I think he could be a really good pick. I think he'd be a very like, look, if he's a Marcus smart, that's Marcus smart was the third best player on a team that just played in the finals. That's a very good player. Um, that said, like a Jaden Ivy would have just kind of, you, they would have been buzz in the arena. They would have been like, what's happening here? What's next? What are they going to do? You know, they're, we just created discussion. Now it's more like we're in the same boat as we were last year. Like we have a lot of players who are all playing the same position. What are we going to do? Are they going to use the first 40 games to kind of figure out who they're going to keep, not keep, and then reset at the deadline again. And that might be what I expect. Yeah. And and, And it's just frustrating that we do that every year. You know, I I think the first couple of years, it was just trying to reset the board on everything that Ernie left behind. And we've mostly done that now. Full roster turnover. He's got his kind of guys. And he's been a much better, you know, trader than he's been a drafter. So if you just get solid guys via the draft and you then use those solid guys to turn it into your bigger piece, so be it. Um, You know, I I think that's the next move to your point. If it's a big move and he does some good here i think would be the thing that takes this team actually forward and again the ceiling is never going to be like a contending team but i'm for all the shit i talk on twitter and things like that (laughs) i'm I'm perfectly content with just like could this team make a second round and actually deserve to be there to me only a couple teams are ever going to win in the nba every year if we're just like solidly relevant and i think this team is like one really good move away from solidly relevant I can live with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Just, but make that move. Don't yeah. recycle the same season that we've had play out the last two seasons. Exactly. Make the move. Yeah. I do remember what I was going to tell you. It was about AJ Griffin. It had to be something to the medicals that we just don't like more to the medicals because he is too good of a shooter to drop to 16. I mean, it's still not a gigantic drop, and maybe there's some on ball concerns and defensive concerns. But with his size, his frame, I mean, he has an NBA frame, he has an NBA shot. For him to go 16 after being projected kind of top 10 all season, I'm guessing there's something there that teams just were not totally comfortable with. So I mentioned to somebody uh, on this pod the other day that Griffin, if you watch his high school tape, is like throwing down dunks through people and like removing their souls from their body. And he looked slow and lethargic at times at Duke. And it'd be fine if he just like wasn't a good athlete, but he was a knockdown shooter. It's when you used to be a good athlete, but you've been so injured that at 18 or 19, it's sapped all your athleticism. That's got to be scary to a general manager. Like yeah. If Kispert it's used to be, be winning dunk contests, but he got hurt a bunch of times and now he's Kispert, it'd be like, Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think you're right. There's probably just enough there that scared everybody. You dislocated knee and reportedly have ankle problems, and 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 it just yeah. adds up. It adds up, and I, and I still like while he's a good player, good value at that. I didn't love love the pick in Atlanta. I know I'm kind of going off topic here because of the defensive issues, especially off ball. Like right. they needed, they had Tari on the board. I thought yeah. that was a great spot. Go Tari, get the best defensive guy. Yeah, like could you turn Tari into DeAndre Hunter replacement? Probably. Can right. you turn AJ yeah. Griffin into Kevin Herter replacement? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Probably, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe other Wizards <laughs> podcasts have been released by now, but we're trying to get this out early. The Wizards have taken Johnny Davis, guard out of Wisconsin, six five two slash three in college. Now we'll see him as a one slash two or two slash one. And 
we'll just see how that goes. Hopefully it's the first of a couple other moves, but I don't know. I, I think my grade for this is just eh, not the worst. And and hopefully we'll we'll feel better about it. Um, there is another pick to come. So we'll do a deeper dive, you know, sometime this weekend or whatever and get you some more info. Oz, thank you for joining me late night here. I appreciate you. And Absolutely. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you all again here hopefully soon. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. And as always, we were presented by betonline.ag. Go wizards. Get you, get you Taco Bell. Woo. Chalupa time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.